The Prep Sports Weekly Podcast is your official podcast and home for exclusive interviews and conversations with administrators, coaches, student-athletes, and more of the St. Joe's Prep Athletic Department. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Prep Sports Weekly with Layuzzi and Bellucci on this Friday, January 22nd of 2021. As always, I'm your host, John Layuzzi, and today uh, my co-host, Anthony Bellucci, uh, will not be with us as he is held up at work, but we got a great show in store for this week's podcast. And moving into our topic for this week, uh, we have another live interview here on Prep Sports Weekly as we talk to St. Joe's Prep Associate Campus Minister for Ignatian Service, Eric Woods, from the Mission and Ministry Department. As we talk about the importance of faith for student-athletes, the development of his program, Hawks with Hearts, empowering student-athletes to grow and connect through faith and spirituality and much more. Uh, Mr. Woods, thank you so much for coming back on Prep Sports Weekly. John, thank you for having me. It is a real pleasure to be on. Uh, Thank you for taking time to uh, really think of me and all the things I'm trying to do to help our student-athletes. You really have been doing a lot of great stuff uh, when I've seen from afar, especially that uh, Saturday uh, food giveaway um, through that for what you guys have through the department. Uh, Before we jump into the program that you're trying to start up, I want to get a little bit of background. Uh, You played Division I basketball at St. Joe's University. Uh, You're in a leadership role and administration role within the campus ministry department uh, at the prep, but talk about a little bit, uh, as a division one, uh, best athlete, uh, SGU under former Hawks head coach, Phil Martelli, how important was your faith, uh, to you during your time as you played across all levels of basketball, but especially at the collegiate level? Oh, John, um, it was really the most important part of, you know, me, me being a student athlete, uh, but really just as a young man, but um, sports, as I grew up and reached the level that I was able to reach, um, my faith and my, um, as my uh, dependence on God walking with me was really the, the thing that got me to be able to achieve the things I achieved. Um, some people don't realize how, how challenging um, uh, being a student athlete may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you add on top of that, you know, not seeing the, the success or the, um, the notoriety that you thought you may have gotten as a college athlete, not see, uh, seeing that not, uh, not to come about. Uh, it really takes your faith. It really takes your strength to, to uh, to kind of get through that. So just to give you a little story. So as a freshman at St. Joe's, I was able to start uh, my freshman year. And um, by, 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 by the end of my freshman year, with like two or three games left, I was not in the starting lineup anymore. And I, and I would be coming off the bench. So that, at that point, I really had to make a decision and really lean on God to kind of guide me because there was a point where I wanted to leave St. Joe's. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a point where I felt like I should have been playing more. Um, but at that point, I just trusted God and I asked God 
to just show me what he wanted me to do. Show me how he wanted me to serve him through the platform that I had. So what I became was kind of like a coach on the bench, a coach on the, a coach to my teammates, somebody who could rally the team and lead the team from an inspirational standpoint. Um, and then when I got my chance to go into the game, I would produce with whatever time I got. Mm-hmm. I wasn't worried about playing 20 minutes. I wasn't worried about playing five minutes. If I played one minute, I was great because I knew that it was all God's plan for me and my time at St. Joe's. So fast forward to my senior year, um, where my playing time really started to pick up. But through uh, taking that time on the bench and through those years of developing my leadership, I was able to lead a team of great players from the bench. And I was able to lead uh, with my passion and with my energy and with my enthusiasm. I was able to lead us to the Atlantic 10 championship as a team captain and lead that team to an NCAA uh, tournament berth. Uh, which led to us um, uh, getting to a second round game. So I really felt like that the Lord really used me to kind of lead that team in a way that that, that was not through uh, uh, scoring points or playing the most minutes, but it was through leadership and um, uh, camaraderie and teamwork. And all those things were able to come about because I put it to the side and I had my faith in the Lord. That is really an inspiring story just to hear. And I love hearing those kind of stories from former student athletes and, and current ones. As, as you and everyone on here on the podcast knows, I still cover college athletics at Marquette. And a quick follow up to that, because of that experience in your story, did that serve as a catalyst for what you wanted to bring to student athletes at the prep, a school that is committed to its Jesuit spirituality, its education, uh, just so they know that they heard those stories from a former athlete like you, that they're just, they're not by themselves. Most definitely, because because I know firsthand what the power of giving God the glory and playing for the glory of God, I know the exact impact that can have on an individual and on a team mm-hmm. and when you add those two components then now you're talking about building an athletic department and athletic teams around that uh, that spirit and now moving more into it um the program which is hawks with heart empowering student athletes to grow and connect through faith and spirituality how did this idea of bringing a program start up? What were the initial talks um, with prep administration? Might have that might have been prep athletic director Dan DeBerdinis, uh, the prep administration principals, president, and all that kind of part. So th- this kind of goes back to my time that I spent at Delaware County Christian as the head coach, uh, the head basketball coach there, and what what I found there those student athletes, they weren't necessarily playing sports to be the greatest basketball player ever. Mm -hmm. They weren't playing sports to 
uh, uh, win state championships. The, they weren't playing sports to get college scholarships. They were playing sports just simply for the love of the game, right? So when, when I went there, I had to really shift my focus in terms of now how do I get these student athletes to still play hard, play for one another, and compete where we can be able to win games. And it was only through the implementation of a spirituality component where that, that team and those guys really started to buy in to what I was asking them to do and buy into the team aspect. So um, through my time as a coach there, I came across a, a, a fellowship of Christian athletes and I really wanted to bring FCA wherever I went, right? Because I really am fond of FCA. I have great friends there. I've been involved with FCA for a long time and it's really been a passion of mine to, to, to bring that program wherever I go. Um, but due to the places I coached, it was not always possible. Um, through my time at Roman and with um, their former, their former AD, uh, who's now the AD here at the prep, Danny D, mm -hmm. we tried to bring it there to Roman, but it really didn't work out. I was at some public schools and they really didn't want me to bring it there. And, and when I landed at the prep, I said, man, this is the perfect place. So through talks with, with admin and leadership in the school, we really felt like we wanted to bring a spirituality a component to uh, the prep, but we wanted to do it in, in a more organic way. Mm -hmm. So they challenged me to, okay, we, we like the fact that you want to bring a faith and spirituality component to our student athletes, but how can we do it in a way that's totally ours? And in a way that's organic to the prep where we have the total, um, total control over what we give our student athletes. And, you know, that was, that was a couple months ago. So I want to say late November, uh, mid to late November, when we really tried to get the ball rolling and they challenged me to bring uh, this programming to the prep. And I've been in uh, uh, formation stages of that program ever since. And you were really gracious to provide us with uh, some a little bit of background information before we came on tonight. Um, as we record it always on Thursdays, uh, you have four pillars uh, within this program, heart for God, heart for team, heart for work, heart for competition. Can you just speak yes. a little bit about each four pillars and why those four are really important into creating the identity, the culture and the, and the theme of, of the program that you're trying to formulate still, but get going for prep student athletes? Definitely. So, the heart for God component is really the biggest and brightest pillar because if I get kids to have a heart for God in everything that they do on and off the court, on and off the field, I feel that's a win. But when you look at it from a student athlete perspective, we always talk about AMDG. Yep. Right. 
And I really want them to really live that. And if they have a heart for God and the way they compete and the way they work and, and the teammate that they are and the player they are for their coach and they give God the glory in all those ways, there is no way that they can't, can't be a great athlete. Um, and I think the biggest thing for young, young athletes is to really have a heart for God in the way they prepare and in the way that they work on their skills and develop their body because they have been already blessed with athletic ability. God has blessed them with that. Now, how, now how, as an athlete, is it that you show God that you are grateful, that you show your gratitude for what he's blessed you with? It's, it's by the way you work. It's, it's by the way you go into the gym every day and the way you practice. So uh, 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 some of this pillar kind of bleeds into everything else, but that's why the heart for God is really the biggest pillar. When you talk about team, uh, uh, having a heart for team is doing everything you can in your power to make sure your team is successful. Mm-hmm. Whether that's on game day or whether that's at practice, you're doing everything in your power to, 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 to make sure that you give your total heart to your team. Uh, that can be uh, the teammate that you are. Are you a guy that picks up your teammates uh, when they make a mistake? Are you a guy that rallies the team when you guys have a loss? Are you a guy that comes into practice when everybody's uh, feeling a little bit sluggish and they had two tests or three tests today? Or are you the guy that comes into practice and says, guys, we're here to practice. Let's pick it up. Let's get it together. And just think if every single player came to practice with the heart for team mindset, what that could do. Uh then you talk about the hard work. I kind of touched on a little bit, but um, the the way we practice and the way that we work in the off season, the way we work in the weight room, the way we work doing our conditioning drills, we 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 have to have a heart that loves it. But I'll go back to my first point. We we have to put God into the midst. We have to put Christ into the midst of it, and understand that everything we do every practice every session in the weight room every conditioning drill is a way to show god that you're grateful for the opportunities that you have and then a heart for competition is uh, first and foremost do we compete with a christ-like heart do we do we practice Uh, playing by the rules all the time? Or do we have a cheating mindset? Do we compete to win every game? No, I'll take that back. Do we compete in a way that honors God every game? Because winning, uh, winning and losing is going to come. There'll be ups and downs. But did we compete every game with a way that honors Christ? Can we walk off the floor? Can we walk off the field saying, man, we really competed today? 
And I know God is happy with the way we competed. Um, and then the, the, the last point to the competition side of it is, is when we compete, do we win and lose graciously? Do we honor God by the way we lose? Do we honor God by the way we win? Do we show humility to our opponent? Those are kind of things that go into each one of the pillars. And I think that it's really important. To, and I thank you for giving the descriptions, but you go back to AMDG, ad meum de gloriam for the greater glory of God. It all comes back to your main pillar, like you said, heart for God. It's God's plan. And I can speak from my, my standpoint of knowing that there's, Everything I do in my life is for a reason. There's a passion. Right. That's why. I, that's why I believe, and I say to everybody, I joined WSJP at the prep because God had a plan for me to be involved in sports in a way. Right. I've, I might have not been a great student athlete, but I was able to be in the field of sports, in the world of sports, in a way through His plan. So that's really great to hear from all of that. And my follow up to that is, and I know you're still working on your goals, but. What do you hope student athletes are able to learn or take away in order for them not to just grow spiritually, but to grow as better leaders uh, within the school and especially their team and their programs? Um, the thing that came to mind right now at this moment, and I've talked to a lot of athletes about this, right? We want to be, great on purpose. And I have this in my, um, in my signature, be great on purpose. All right. What does that mean? So as a student athlete, we have a, we, we have a purpose because God has put us on a platform mm -hmm. to do everything in our power to, to, to do it in a way that they glorifies him. Right. So if we're going through the motions in practice, in school, uh, I'm around the halls, in the classroom, if we're going through the motions in weight room or in our conditioning drills or uh, uh, during our film study, uh, think about it. If, if we're just going through the motions, are we really pleasing God? Mm -hmm. If we're going through the motions in our relationships with our teachers, uh, with the administrators around the school, or with our friends, and we're not giving it our all, are we really pleasing God? So I really push student athletes to try to be great on purpose because we know what God is looking for. We know what God wants from us. And there are so many athletes who I kind of go through the motions because they're privileged or because they have a sense of, sense of entitlement. Mm -hmm. When we do it for the glory of God, you take all that out. You take all the entitlement away. You take all the privilege away. And you know how God wants you to attack each and every aspect of your life, each and every aspect of your team, each and every aspect of your personal progress as a student athlete you know exactly how God wants you to attack that. So that takes all the, the complacency away. It takes all, all of the privilege away. 
it strips it down and it makes you really realize that, hey, everything I do, I could be great at it because God expects it. And if I can even bring that to one more step, looking at the programming that you're trying to bring uh, the different kind of plans in this time, mental health is really important for everybody, but student athletes as a whole, as they, as they're getting ready to compete and also trying to make sure that they're safe and healthy during COVID. How do you see this program? Uh, and maybe it's cre just creating a safe group for prep coaches and student athletes to go fall onto their faith, to get them through this time and just taking a deep breath and, and trust God's plan as we've been talking throughout this entire podcast. I'm glad you asked that question. And what, what, what I hope to bring to this, Colin says it in the title, I Hawks with Heart, right? We want to make this a community of student athletes where we build each other, where, where I say connect there in the subheading, you connect with other student athletes so you have somebody uh, who can pull you up when you're down, mm -hmm. somebody you can lean on when when you're having issues, somebody who can encourage you when you may feel like you can't uh, get through something. So this really is bigger than just between the lines. This program is more so outside the lines. So student athletes can become one with each other and have a support system built in that says, I'm here for your success. You're here for my success. You're here for my success. We're here for each other's success, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm able to develop, you know, 10 things out of this program, you know, seeing kids come together and connect and be there for one another, if I can see that, that would be a success for me. And I think that is very achievable. And I think you will get that achievable. And if I can summarize everything you just said in that response, two words come to my mind, unity and care of personalis, care of the whole person. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. it, and you talk, and as you and I know, you'll win a championship because the components of team chemistry and team culture are huge parts of that formula. Care of personalis definitely. falls back to that. So making sure that everyone on the team, either that's 12 or 60 players, like on a football team, knows every single one of their teammates' background, their, their faith, and what, what the, the DNA of their teammate is. I think that's really important and something student athletes can learn and grow on and attract, uh, attract them to these meetings uh, when they right. do happen. Yeah, definitely. And, man, you hit it, you hit it on the head unity, camaraderie, teamwork, all those, all those terms, you know, fit. And it's what we're trying to build. Mm -hmm. And I think I wouldn't be doing just and justice here because we basketball season's right around the corner. Uh, you obviously been involved heavily uh, with the PCL in recent years. And I hope you don't mind if I ask you this, but what does the PCL mean to you in the basketball sense, in the state sense? And what are some of your favorite memories uh, during your time in what is, I think, the best league and conference in the entire state of Pennsylvania? Man, 
you see this big smile on my face, right? Yeah. It's, the, 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 the PCL, you know, means so much to me, um, which I had no idea about, right? I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I came to Philly. I had no idea what the Philly basketball community mm -hmm. was. I had no idea what the big five was, but what I got introduced to first, I mean, of course it was the big five because I played in the big five, but I was introduced to Philly basketball really when I went to a PCL championship and what, what was it? Um, in the, 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 the 98 season. Okay. Uh, 98 season. I, I went to the Palestra. I saw the championship game and I said, Oh my God, <laughs> that, that game was even more packed than our Villanova St. Joe's game at the Palestra. And you know, I, I said to myself, I said, wow, St. Louis basketball has nothing on this. Like, nowhere in the country, right? Mm -hmm. So then fast forward, I get a chance to go to work at Roman, uh, what, four years ago now? Uh, with my great friend, Matt Griffin, who was a camper while I was at St. Joe's. And we have yep. been friends. We have been friends since, since he, he was in the sixth or seventh grade. And what an honor it was to be on his staff for three years and, um, you know, work in the PCL, coach in the PCL, and really have great success making it to, to, to three championship games in three years, yep. um, uh, 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 winning two of those. It was a great experience. And I want to say my, my fondest memory is uh, – uh, you might think I'm going to say the one, the two to be one, but my, my fondest memory w uh, was the was the uh, last year's PCL championship and the semifinal game, mm. where we uh, we, we faced the uh, uh, faced the Wood team that, that that had beat us early in the year last year, and we. we we could have laid down and, you know, um, I, I came into that game thinking that had they beat us or came in and take it easy. But we really came in that game and really, you know, took control of it from the start and didn't look back. I played a great game and we got into the final game, um, but we couldn't pull it out um, against uh, – the great Carl Aragel and the Newman mm -hmm. squad, but that semifinal game was a great game. Um, the final game was an even better game. It, it, it was a electric crowd. It was packed to the rafters. Um, but that semifinal game was one that had to stick out because our guys really stepped up to the challenge. Um, and I thought we were going to take it home again for the third one, but Hey, <laughs> I, I can't win them all, man. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to getting back in the PCL uh, sooner or later, uh, one day, but uh, time will tell. Yeah, for sure. And I remember very some very fond moments of the, of the PCL and even at the Palestra. My senior year, I was fortunate enough uh, to be on the call of one of those semifinal games that you played. I believe that year, so this would be two years ago, I think that was against Newman as well. It was, it was the second yeah. game of the doubleheader. Um, yes. I got to call that game on the radio down there. And 
man, the palestra, it is, it's on, you can't speak about it to other people because you have to experience it for yourself before you can talk about it because of how special that the Mecca of college basketball is. John, that, that game you mentioned, that game was, was even, was he probably even more packed than the, in the previous two I just mentioned. Yeah. Um, because that was us in the semifinal game. Uh, no slight to LaSalle, but they made it to they made it to the finals. They had a cupcake game in the first game. <laughs> I remember so, that. So the final game really should have been us and Newman that year, but um that semifinal game was great, man. Um that was a great memory too. That was an yeah. awesome game. I got a, I got a picture from that game where Jalen Duran had like a dunk that that, that kind of sealed the game. Uh-huh. And the bench was going crazy. And I stood up and I was like kind of like relax, relax. <laughs> I got to I got to uh, uh send you that picture cuz it's a classic picture. Um had another great memory. Yeah, he was a great player. That team was very loaded for you guys. Uh and finally, yeah. uh you played in the Big 5. You coach in the PCL. You're at a school that uh, Philly legend used to coach at Speedy Morris. What mm-hmm. is it like to be just a part of that culture now? And and you've, I'm sure you've been knowing Speedy on a personal level now uh, yeah. from just your times around. Hey, so Speedy, uh, Speedy was, has been really great to me uh, since I came to the prep. Um, he's like family. Uh, I've been knowing Speedy since my days at St. Joe's mm-hmm. where Phil Martelli really spoke highly of Highly of Speedy. Um, he really spoke highly of him up until it was LaSalle week. Um, <laughs> and those weeks he was, uh, he didn't want to say Speedy's name, but he said, uh, he always used to say, I, I love Speedy to death, but we got to beat his, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know what, tonight. So um, that, that's a special relationship to me. And, and when I started the prep, Speedy was one of the first guys to reach out and let me know he had, I had his support whenever I needed it. That's awesome. And finally here, uh, before we wrap it up, Big Five basketball still able to happen this year during COVID. What's yeah. that like just to see college basketball as alone uh, happening during COVID um, in, in this sense? Yeah. It's, it's kind of bittersweet because, you know, fans can't be in the buildings right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 I'm glad guys are getting to play. Um even though it's not the same, I still enjoy. I still like knowing that that they're getting a chance to compete. Uh, my Hawks aren't doing so good this year in the Big Five. We, we are taking our lumps, but um, we're looking to rebound uh, uh, real soon. Brighter days on uh, Hawk Hill for sure. They, they're fun to watch uh, when I get to watch them on the TV. But I think that's a perfect way to end our interview, our spotlight segment. Thank you so much for coming on for a really insightful uh, conversation about faith, the program you're about to do. And it was great to reminisce a little bit about PCL and Big Five basketball. Definitely. Thanks a lot, John, for having me. I appreciate you again. All righty. Well, that will about do it for us here on this episode of Prep Sports Weekly. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at SJPrep underscore sports for latest scores, stats, and updates for all prep sports, as well as our weekly content for the podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the podcast each week by searching Prep Sports Weekly on Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Spotify, or anywhere where you listen to your shows. 
We will be off next week as I return to Milwaukee for the start of second semester crisis at Marquette. But make sure to follow the Twitter handle at SJPrep underscore sports to look for the return date of the podcast. I want to thank again Eric Woods for coming on as our guest this week. Coach will be back when we return. But as always, I am John Leusey saying thank you so much for listening to this episode of Press Sports Weekly. And we'll see you next time. Have a great night. And remember, the Hawks will never die. Go Press.